Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your co-hosts Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. Uh, our first guest is uh, Congressman Benny Thompson, who is uh, from Mississippi. Uh, before we went on the air, uh, Congressman Thompson uh, chairs an event that's held the second weekend of every August uh, in Tunica, Mississippi. It's called the Mississippi Policy Conference, sponsored by the Congressional Black Caucus Policy uh, Institute. I think Angela Rye is a member of that board as well. And I'll tell you later on about how Congressman Thompson, I mean, Congressman hired her. But uh, we got a lot of strange things going on with this it's a pandemic, Congressman. I want to welcome you uh, to Urban Forum Northwest. Uh, I know you were in Seattle about 10 years ago down at Seattle University. I think Joe Deborah made that arrangement. And I met you down there, but I've been seeing you every year since. So uh, why don't you just take a minute or two and uh, say something to our listening audience. First of all, you are the chair of the House Homeland Security Committee. You were the chair in uh, from in 20, uh, 2008 when Angela, you had Angela Rye. Uh, I remember that. And so why don't you just share a little bit about your background with our listen, listening audience. Well, thank you very much, uh, Brother Rye, uh, for having me on the show. Uh, I am a native Mississippian. I still live in the little town of Bolton, B-O-L-T-O-N, uh, where I was born. I, I represent the area commonly called the Mississippi Delta, uh, but I also represent the capital city of Jackson, uh, city of Vicksburg, Greenville, Greenwood, Clarksdale, all the way along the river. Uh, so uh, all of the people you've ever heard about uh, come from my neck of the woods, uh, B.B. King was born in my district. Uh, uh, Morgan Freeman was born in my district. Oprah Winfrey uh, was born in my district. Fannie Lou Hamer. Just about every uh, uh, person of note from a civil rights perspective cut their teeth either in my district or my state. So I'm fortunate to represent 800,000 of the finest people uh, in the state of Mississippi. Uh, it's a challenge. Uh, I chair the House Homeland Security Committee, second largest government agency that Congress created after 9-11. And so we consolidated TSA, uh, which if you go through any of the 450 airports in America, uh, there's a T TSA operation in each one of those uh, airports uh, to make sure that you can go from point A to B or wherever, uh, uh, safely. Uh, also, FEMA, if there's a wildfire or another natural disaster, a hurricane, tornado, whatever, uh, FEMA is under homeland security. The Coast Guard is under homeland security. All those agencies are under uh, uh, homeland security, as well as the Secret Service. Uh, they guard from the president to other dignitaries, uh, the Federal Protective Service. Every government building in the United States uh, is uh, secured under the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, but all of our borders, uh, the southern border, northern border, uh, our maritime border, uh, either with Customs and Border Protection, Customs and Border Patrol, or Immigration Customs Enforcement, or combination of, of all of that. So it's a big operation, uh, and and so we put 22 agencies together, and they now call uh, the Homeland Security uh, 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 Committee or the department. So we do quite a bit. I chair the Congressional Black Caucus Institute, which is a 501c4, and for the last 20 years uh, we have gathered in Tunica, Mississippi, to talk about uh, current policy initiatives, uh, talk about what we need to do as people of color. And it was unfortunate that uh, with this COVID-19 situation, uh, uh, the policy conference had to be canceled for this year, but this would be the beginning of the policy conference uh, uh, for a lot of us uh, this month, and we were looking forward to it. Now, in the past, uh, we've had Vice President Biden there. Uh, we've had John Lewis, Maxine Waters, 
just about uh, uh, every other person would come through. Uh, it's kind of where you go. Uh, our attendance last year was 1,100, and so we have uh, people from Eddie Rye Jr. out in the far west uh, to to uh, every other person you can name all over the country. It's a, it's it's the place to be, uh, and so uh, my tenure uh, in Congress is predicated on making sure that. Uh, people who send me uh, 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 understand that uh, I have to make things better uh, for those individuals. And, and Brother Rye, we work hard at it. Uh, I had a meeting this morning uh, with Mars. Mars uh, also has under its brand Uncle Ben. Well, they're located in Greenville, Mississippi. And so we're talking about some diversity and inclusion policies that they're going to have to get right. So, uh, but on the, on a broader front, I'm one of 55 members uh, in Congress who are members of the Congressional Black Caucus. I'm happy to report that come January next year, uh, our number will be 60 or more. So we're constantly uh, increasing our numbers. And in reality, many of those persons who are coming don't represent majority black districts. So there's a recognition in this country uh, that the talent pool uh, in the black community uh, is wide and deep. All we're saying is you need to give that talent pool an opportunity to demonstrate its worth. So we're here. Uh, uh, at this point, all the members of the Congressional Black Caucus are Democrats. Uh, in the past, we've had uh, Republican members, but uh, the last, the lone Republican in the House opted not uh, to be a member. And and so uh, this time he's even opted not to run for Congress. So I guess it was kind of cold out there. So that's kind of where it is. Uh, affirmative action, equal opportunity, is the holy grail uh, for the Congressional Black Caucus. Uh, we call ourselves uh, the conscience of Congress. That means when an issue comes up, uh, no matter how large or small, we don't uh, 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 step back because it's controversial. We step forward. And we do our dead-level best uh, to make sure that people of color are constantly recognized. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't say the last three and a half years uh, from the executive branch has been pure hell. Uh, but, you know, God doesn't like ugly. And so come November 3rd, the Congressional Black Caucus will be dead in the mix trying to fix that problem. Well, that's great. Congressman, uh, you also have been an organizer. You were a member of SNCC, correct? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I was a, a student activist uh, in the 60s. Uh, I met John Lewis uh, on the campus of Tougaloo College. Uh, but I also met Martin Luther King Jr., Stokely Carmichael, Rap Brown, because my college in the 60s was the only college or only place in Mississippi where white and black people could meet and not be harassed and arrested by the police. Uh, because Tougaloo College is a private uh, liberal arts college, and uh, we call ourselves uh, the cradle of the civil rights movement because all the great civil rights activists uh, felt at home coming to Tougaloo. So, uh, I cut my teeth early. The first congressional campaign I worked on was Mrs. Fannie Lou Hamer's uh, campaign for Congress. I'm proud to say I now represent that district uh, that Ms. Fannie Lou Hamer sought to represent in 1967. So a lot of history there. And so, you know, we are some total 
of our experiences as a people. And it was those experiences early on that helped shape uh, who I am today. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud uh, as well as humble uh, to be one of those people who are trying to make a difference in the lives of people in this country. And one thing that you did do, uh, Congressman, that I've caught a lot of people by surprise, you uh, hired Angela Rye. I guess she was working for the National Association for Equal Opportunity in Higher Education, and I can't, apparently was making a presentation at Jackson State at a meeting, and you hired her to work at Homeland Security. And uh, I know that she did rise, and you you appointed her to be the uh, senior uh, senior advisor and the counsel for the House Homeland Security Committee when she was 29 years old, 11 years ago, making her the the youngest senior advisor on the Hill. And so uh, I can say, sir, somebody that young, and that was a lot of nerve, but you did the right thing. Yeah, well, you know, Angela, uh, uh, as you know, I don't have to tell you because she comes from good stock. <laughs> but the fact that uh, our job uh, as members of Congress and as people who are trying to lead is to look to the next generation and give them all the support you can so that when we move on, there's somebody behind. My task with Angela was that you have to help me uh, find and support black businesses in the homeland security arena. Uh, and I'm happy to report that we met with Lockheed Martin, we met with Boeing, we met with everybody and said, you have to hire black businesses, you have to have people of color in your C-suites if you want to continue to do business with Homeland Security. And so they said, well, you know, we've always gotten along. No, 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 no. I want you to put that on me. Uh, uh, I want you to hire some black people. If you can't hire them or you can't find them, We'll get some folk to help you find them. But they're here. You just got to want to look and want to employ them. So so we continue uh, that mold. This is my second time around uh, as chairperson. And all those entities, when they come to the committee, I want to know who's on your board of directors. I want to know who's in the C-suite. I want you to show me. Your, your diversity numbers in terms of business and other things because I'm tasked with spending the taxpayers' money, and I want to make sure that as we spend the money, we spend it consistent with the philosophy of, of who we are. And so it's a constant struggle, uh, but we work at it. We asked for the job. People gave it to us. Now we have to perform the task, but it's a a day-in, day-out situation, as you know, Brother Rye, because the system does not want equity. The system wants to uh, everything to go on uh, without any interruption. And then all of a sudden, you know, here comes the NAACP raising hell. Here comes the <laughs> Congressional Black Caucus raising hell. But, you know, uh, it's the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. And Black Lives Matter. Oh, ain't no question. So if 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 we don't elevate the discussion to the point that we can get your attention, then you will operate on the principle that everything's okay. I remember years ago uh, on the county board of supervisors, uh, it was all white. We were just... Mm -hmm talking about hiring some black people that work for the county. And the man said, well, look, if you all won't change, uh, you need to elect your own supervisor. I'll fast forward to say that in this county now, all five of the county supervisors are African-American. So we, we came from all white all black simply because and we're not in all black county but we run a progressive agenda 
And so that progressive agenda has put white people, black people, brown people, uh, to understand that their destiny, if we accept it, is woefully intertwined. And we can get things done by working together. And so part of that Black Lives Movement uh, uh, in this country now is some of us say it's the, the it's the Civil Rights 2.0 because in the 60s we had black kids, white kids coming as freedom riders to the South helping integrate uh, uh, public accommodations facilities. John Lewis came and spent six weeks in Parchman Penitentiary because he tried to eat at a trailway bus station lunch counter. And, and, and it's, it's, but it was only when America saw white boys and girls being mistreated, beat upon, having dogs sit upon them, sicked upon them, uh, that things started to change. Well, after the George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, other situations, people started looking and said, we are a better country. And so out of that, this movement has come. And so all these companies now, are saying they want to do better. But it's our job, Brother Rye, to make them do better, make them follow through with defining the process by which you as a corporate entity will do better. Hey, would you heard that, right? Yeah, if I can just throw this in, if I can interject real quick. The Commission on Social Status of Black Men and Black uh, or Black Man and Boys Act that went to the president. What's up with that? People want to know. What happened? Well, you know, we passed it last week uh, in the House of Representatives, and we're hoping that the Senate, uh, in its infinite wisdom, uh, will do likewise, and if so, uh, we're hoping the president will sign it. Uh, You're talking and, Mitch McConnell here, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, that's why I said hoping. Uh, uh, but, you know, he is uh, uh, a terrible uh, person to try to get things done with for people of color as well as trying to get things done because it's the right thing to do. So, Congressman, uh, Congressman, uh, Congressman I want to introduce you. We got uh, Carolyn Riley Payne, who is the president of the Seattle King County branch of the NAACP, and Jos so Josetta Wicker is uh, on the executive committee, a younger person, and also is uh, the education chair. So I just want to know you, these two sisters, and Carolyn Riley Payne was a uh, director of the NAACP Axel for about 40 years. Angela Rye was one of the students that went through and went to nationals. She didn't win the gold, but she got the silver. So Carolyn Riley Payne, are you there? I'm here, thank you. Josetta, are you there? I'm here as well. Okay, I just want to make sure that uh, Congressman uh, Benny Thompson uh, heard about a little bit about your resume. So uh, we want him to continue for a while. You guys just keep listening, and you'll learn because he's been there. Well, and, and, and let me say how happy I am uh, uh, that the ladies are on the call. Uh, Derek Johnson uh, was my intern uh, when he was a student at Tougaloo College uh, when he graduated. Uh, he worked for me a while in Washington in my office, and I'm happy to report that he's now on the board of directors uh, of the Congressional Black Caucus Institute, of which Angela Rye is also on the board of directors of the Congressional <laughs> Black Caucus Institute. But more importantly, he's the president and CEO of the NAACP. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so... And I've been doing it for the last 10 years. Absolutely. So, so anyway, Congress, I want to let you know that we were having a problem in Seattle. And I made a call to Derek, and he gave me a call back early Sunday morning, let me know that on Monday what needed to be done would be done, it would be done. And now we have Miss Carolyn Riley Payne 
is the steam president that led so many young people. We had an appreciation event for her in July uh, of last year, and her students flew in from all around the country to be here for her, including Angela Rye, who spoke. So I just wanted to make sure you, you know, what a steam lady and leader that she is. So, uh, what, what else would you like to share with us, uh, Congressman Benny well, Thompson? Well, now, when you uh, were in SNCC, now you had the most dangerous job in the world, right? You had to organize people when the Klan was out there? Oh, yes, sir. Voter uh, registration? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it's been a challenge. And, and you know, uh, we've come from uh, some of this open hostility to this issue of systemic racism, which, as you know, is those kind of subtle things that happen, but nonetheless, uh, the effect is the same. And so we are committed uh, as a Congressional Black Caucus uh, to take this on. Uh, our challenge when, uh, uh, as you know, uh, the Congressional Black Caucus put on uh, the presidential debate in South Carolina uh, that basically saved uh, 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 Joe Biden's uh, uh, presidential campaign. Yes, uh, but that was the single largest uh, presidential debate. But uh, he went to Iowa, he went to New Hampshire, went to Nevada. But it was the black folk in South Carolina and the rest of the South that embraced his message turn his campaign around, and now uh, he will ultimately, uh, in, in a week and a half, become the nominee uh, for the party. But it's the Institute that put that together, and a lot of our friends uh, helped us make that happen. And, and so this notion that uh, a black woman uh, would be on the Supreme Court if he was elected, uh, he didn't pull that idea uh out of a hat uh uh we met with him and said this is something you have to commit to right now uh because we've never had a black woman on the court uh and that time is is now uh he said i'll do it uh then women in general got together and said your vice president uh need to be a woman and it looks like that person will be somebody of color uh, also. So, you know, if we collectively uh, work for the common good as a people, uh, we can mm -hmm. accomplish great things. And so if we look at history as to how the system kept us divided, uh, then uh -huh. let's become students of history and say we're not going to let history repeat itself. And so that's why... Uh, 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 one of the things I say, Brother Rye, down here in the South, uh, <clears throat> hands that pick cotton uh, can pick presidents, but they can also pick mayors, they can pick council members, they can pick school board members. And so we have to fundamentally stay engaged. And that's why uh, we're at a loss in so many respects uh, by losing John Lewis and C.T. Vivian and, and a lot of stalwarts. But John Lewis talked about good trouble. And see, raising hell on behalf of making things better is good trouble. Well, Congressman, I really do want to thank you for the time you gave me today. And I look forward to getting the Zoom information on uh, the Mississippi Policy Institute. I guess you're getting a lot of calls. People are really upset about not being there. I know I was looking forward to it. Matter of oh, fact, yeah. yeah, I was looking forward to being there. So thank you very much, sir. All we right. We appreciate your wisdom. And I'm going to let people know that this program will be archived on my website for a year. Repeats on Saturday morning at 7 a.m. So I want to make sure everybody hears because uh, you have given us a history lesson on politics from, from out, out of the Mississippi Delta. So thank you, Congressman Penny Thompson. Talk to you soon. All right, brother. Take okay. care. Okay. So, uh, Nathan, why don't we take a quick break and come back with our esteemed president, uh, Carolyn Riley Payne, and our esteemed executive committee member and education chair, Josetta Wicker. Mm -hmm. 
Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Eddie Ryan, Hayward Evans, back at Urban Forum Northwest with our next guest, Seattle uh, King County branch, NAACP branch president, Carolyn Riley Payne, and Josetta Wicker, who is uh, on the executive committee and also the education chair. Uh, Congressman Thompson ate a little bit in their time, but since they're local, we can have them all the time because the NAACP is doing things all the time for, the, for very good reasons. So, Carolyn Riley Payne, why don't you give us a quick update on what's happening with uh, uh, the NAACP? And I know a lot of people have talked about the Seattle School District, uh, the superintendent not hearing from the school board. And I was just wondering if the NAACP's education committee or you had any contact with any members of the school board or the superintendent uh, to discuss some of the issues that folks have in the Black and Native American community. Well, thank you for having us, uh, Eddie. Always a pleasure. First of all, let me say that we are, we the Seattle King County branch are, are busy uh, as always. We are, um, we have several programs that we are working on. I'll touch on the education and uh, Josette will uh, also fill you in in the details. But one of the things that we are, we are working on is uh, get out the vote. Um, now it's going to be full speed ahead to November and our power of five. It is a national campaign, and we want everybody to get on board. It's, uh, it's really simple and easy. You can commit to um, joining, uh, contacting five friends, five, spending five minutes talking about voting, making sure that here in this get out the vote here is make sure people mail in their ballots. We got we have to make sure that this you know that we have some uh the trouble that we get in, uh the good trouble is getting out the vote. The last thing one of the last things Congress uh the congressman said, Lewis said is you've got to vote this year. So that is what we are that is going to be one of our main focuses, getting out that vote. Um we working. We're partnered. With, we partnered with the census to try to help people remember to fill out their census and to um, uh, mail it back in or call in, et cetera. The other thing we're doing is um, we have um, all of our committees now are very busy. Our, our political action and our police accountability. Uh, as you know, all of the things that have been going on in the city, the rad, uh, riding, et cetera tearing up things. Uh, that's not us. That is not what we do. That's not what we stand for. But what we do stand for is um, uh, the civil rights of all. We applaud the young people for what they're doing, but we are not. We do not applaud the uh, agitators that are tearing up the city. 
because that takes away the focus of what we uh, what we what we need to be doing. And so um, we are. Uh, what else? Uh, uh, what else can I tell you about? We're doing so much. Um, the as far as the superintendent of schools, et cetera, we have. Uh, you know, we're attending meetings uh, all the time. We are in the process of. Uh, having a meeting, getting a, getting a meeting with the superintendent, one of which she does not want to have with us. Uh, but, uh, we are, we are going to, we are pursuing getting that in order, uh, for us to sit down with her to, and talk to her, especially now that they are messing up this school going, getting, going back to school and the plan that they put forth. Uh, we are not in, uh, agreement with totally with the plan and I won't, uh, I won't steal Josephus thunder, and I'll let her go into, I'll let her go into okay. detail of that. Yeah, I was just, I was just curious about the NAACP's position on uh, all the black men and uh, positions being ter- positions of authority being terminated, and also the way they dissed uh, the principal of Garfield, Ted Howard, who met with the. I'm on the Centennial Committee. Garfield's 100 years old this year, and mm-hmm. he had met with the committee for a year and a half. And rather than asking him to stay or giving him a position, he could be an assistant superintendent, not the superintendent. But the brother that left with Tuck Willard could take that. But go ahead, uh, Josetta, so we can, uh, uh, I am went into your time, but you got you and Carolyn always welcome back whenever you want to come back. Okay. Well, we'll go ahead, we'll education that, chair. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, great. Well, thank you so much again for having us on. Um, yeah, we've been hearing quite a lot from there's, I mean, we've written letter, we've written our own letter as well, stating that we're not impressed with the superintendent's actions. Um, we're seeing a lot of removal of, you know, black men and women from these positions. And so, uh, especially spaces that are meant to be for our young boys as well. Um, so at this point, we're really working on making sure that our voice is being heard and that we're at every, you know, we're, we're sitting at every table and making sure that we're speaking out about these issues. Um, especially with students going back to school as well right now. I'm sure you've heard um, they're taking a vote on August 12th. Um, the, the school board on if students will be learning completely remotely or doing a hybrid version. Um, we weren't standing with the hybrid version at this point just because um, there was over 77% of black men that did not have their voice, specifically students in, um, <laughs> in the survey. And you can't open a space that does not have the complete community's backing. Um, so moving forward, I'm, I'm really pushing parents and community members and even teachers to stand up for what is right, um, to speak out for what they need. There's a lot of programs and opportunities open um, that I'm really hoping that people will take. Um, and also, if the school isn't providing what you need, there is actually a lot of avenues that parents have to get what they do need for their students. Okay. And- well, Joe said I'm going to ask uh, my engineer, Nathan, to go ahead and get Mickey Flowers on the line. While we do that, we don't, we don't need to wrap up. But uh, so, uh, in terms of uh, of uh, the, uh, the, uh, the meetings and stuff, when are the public meetings and when is the membership drive going on, uh, President Kelvin Riley Payne? Okay, the membership drive is going on now. It's always ongoing. Uh, and thank and thank to everybody who has rejoined. Our memberships have tripled since uh, uh, since we started a new. Uh, and uh, so the membership's going on now. We meet the fourth Monday of virtually. It's on our website. You can call in. We invite everybody to call in and let your voices be heard at the general membership meeting. That's where we talk, uh, we, we talk in detail about what's going on. But mostly we hear from the community and what they want their NAACP to do and work on. And also... We always are looking for volunteers. Don't be a critic unless you are in the game mm-hmm. helping us do what we need to do. Volunteer organization, I keep saying that because people forget. And so that's what we are urging everybody to do. Please join us. Be a part of the solution. Help us. If we're not doing what you think we ought to be doing, help us do it and help us do it better. Um, we're working very hard to... Um, get people, uh, get back to people, get out, working on every issue uh, in all of the school districts because every school district is having issues. So okay. we're trying to... Well, you, what I would like to have you guys back after you have this meeting with the superintendent 
And Josetta, if you receive a response to uh, your inquiry to the uh, superintendent, uh, we would certainly like to have a copy of that too, because it is public information. And uh, I have to update my membership. So Josetta and Madam President Carolyn Riley Payne, uh, I want to thank you all very much for the time today and the work you're doing. <clears throat> and I'm going to encourage everybody to join NAACP. When you have a problem, first thing you do, call the NAACP. If you join them, you make them a lot stronger. And we mm -hmm. need them because we know that racism is not going anywhere. So thank you all very thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, now. <clears throat> so do we have uh, Mickey Flowers on the line yet? Yes, you do. Oh, Mickey Flowers, Hayward Evans and Eddie Wright, co-host for Reform Northwest. Sorry about the delay in time, but Congressman got to rapping and he could, hey, he was right on, though. It was Some all great history. information, Eddie. Oh you, oh, you got a chance to hear it, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, Mickey Flowers is uh, co-founder and co-chair of the Odessa Brown Children's Clinic Gill, and they are raising money to take care of the young ones. Uh, so, Mickey, why don't you share with our listeners? how they can participate, support, how, what are they called, or give up their credit card number, or where it's addressed to send the checks? Well, where they want to send the check is to the Friends of Odessa Brown Guild, and they can get to our website just by putting friendsofobcc.org into their browser. There's no amount too small, and it really does uh, a lot in terms of benefiting the children and the families in our community who are underserved in terms of health care. Odessa Brown Children's Clinic, as you probably know, Eddie, being a longtime member of this community, uh, a native, in fact, uh, is uh, 50 years old this year. And it has a remarkable history because it was born out of protest against a lack of quality health care, particularly for African-American children who lived in Seattle Central, Central District and because of a very uh, tireless community organizer named Odessa Brown uh, back in the 60s, uh, yeah. she pushed hard <clears throat> to develop a children's clinic in that neighborhood. And although she died before the clinic opened, uh, a, a community that was uh, extremely grateful for her dedication and her persistence named the clinic in her honor and in 2020, we commemorated her 100th birthday. So this year, we had two big celebrations, the Odessa Brown Children's Clinic being in the community for 50 years, and uh, Miss Odessa Brown, who is really the reason, and so many others who worked with her to found the clinic, we honored her 100th birthday. And Getting back to the donations. To the uh, donations. Well, of course. We want, we want people to donate because... There are so many good things that are happening at the clinic because of some frontline heroes. You know, during this pandemic and high unemployment, uh, the underserved parents um, and children in our community uh, have really been hit hard, and especially where basic needs are concerned. And so the support that's given through this fundraiser not only helps those basic needs, but also will support the launch of a new era of community health because in 2021, Seattle Children's will open a second OBCC clinic, and that's going to be uh, farther down in Rainier Valley, right along the Othello Light, uh, Othello Othello Station. Light Rail Station. And they'll also renovate the existing site at Yesler Way. So two ways to really serve the uh, the families in our community who are underserved and who need medical care, dental care, mental health, nutritional services. And because, as Dr. Ben always says, there are a lot of things that keep families up at night. These families also have access to legal help. Uh, uh, it, it, it runs the gamut because what Odessa Brown looks at is a comprehensive uh, wellness for children. They're looking at at whole child care, promoting whole child wellness by covering all the primary uh, things that we think of in terms of medical care, but also basic needs. And what is wonderful about what happens at this clinic every day is that these services are given regardless of a family's background or ability to pay. 
and OBCC has always been known by that catchphrase, quality care with dignity. So when they log onto our website, hit that donate button, they can donate any amount and it will be well used and, and serve well the families of Seattle Central community and communities farther south because you know the central area is changing because of gentrification and so many of our families have had to move south and so that's why we'll have this new clinic uh, on the uh, fellow light link rail right there now give us a give MLK. us uh, the, the, the website address for people to donate before we go please www.friendsofobcc.org okay now you cut out for a second say it again www.friendsofobcc.org. Okay, and that's also on my Facebook page. Okay, Mickey Flowers, thank you very much for your leadership, your dedication to the community. You and uh, Mr. Bob uh, Flowers do a wonderful job in uh, dealing and helping the least, least of these and providing opportunities. So you, we Eddie. appreciate your decades of leadership and generosity. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay. So, uh, Nathan, we're going to take a quick break and come back after this. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington, or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. All right, this is Ricky Bluesman played by Nathan. Uh, hey, what happens? And Eddie Ryan back at Urban Forum Northwest. We're going to go to our next guest. I want to let you know that Stephanie Ogle from SoulSense Media does our technology Facebook page, the website, SeaTac uh, Bar Group LLC, Rod O'Neill and Jerry Whitsett out at SeaTac with the Africa Lounge at Mountain Room Bar. Concourse and session with David Fukuhara. He's out there as well. Yeah, waiting for the traffic to pick up. The Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office with me and Rice. The City of Seattle's Purchase and Construction Services Office with Liz Alzir, Sound Transit, Small Business Development, Labor Compliance, Leslie Jones and crew. And our next guest is former state, Washington State Representative and Attorney Jesse Wyanberry Sr., the sponsor, uh, worked hard for to get affirmative action back in Washington State. Always come for a little short, but I understand that one of uh, the people who opposed uh, affirmative action in the state legislature uh, might have uh, the political career coming to a shorter term than expected. So, Representative Weinberry, welcome back to Urban Forum Northwest with Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. Uh, we want to talk about a couple of things. And uh, well, one good is uh, good to be with you, Hayward, and I thank you for all the work that you guys are doing to. Uh, uh, keep doors of opportunity open for all of us in Washington State, uh, regardless of the color of our skin. And uh, in the spirit of John Lewis and the spirit of Dr. King, uh, I applaud you for your efforts. 
Well, I, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Dr. King, uh, Representative Weinberry, because uh, as you know, August 28th is uh, the uh, 57th anniversary of the 63 March on Washington. And Hayward and I co-convened the MLK Commemoration Committee. And so we're planning a special event and we'll talk to you about that because of the fact that you are spearheading another initiative to restore fairness for all in Washington state. And it started out being initiative I-1776. But so can you update our listeners as to where that quest for equality is right now? Certainly. Uh, well, first of all, I want to thank you and all of your listeners for supporting I-1776. Uh, that was an initiative to the people. In other words, an initiative to the ballot. It would have gone on the November ballot had it received the signatures that it needed. It needed 259,000 signatures at a minimum. We ended up getting 230,753 in only one month. But certainly that is not enough to qualify for the ballot. So we have transitioned the Washington Anti-Discrimination Act from an initiative to the people to an initiative to the legislature, much like I-1000 was an initiative to the legislature. Now the Washington Anti-Discrimination Act is an initiative to the legislature. We have until New Year's Eve to get the same 259,000 signatures for it to go to the Washington State Legislature in January. And so we hope to be with you on August 28th as we kick off the campaign that uh, just as we did uh, at Mount Zion uh, two years ago when we kicked off the campaign for I-1000. Have Haywood Evans comment on, on that event on the 28th. Well, uh, yes, let me come. Uh, yeah, no, uh, thank you. No, Jesse, just first I want to thank you for everything that you've done to bring equality to our community. It's absolutely ridiculous in light of this pandemic, uh, what's going on because of that whole Initiative 200 going back 21 years, uh, the impact on our community and our mobility and growth and stability. I mean, it's just been so unfair. On the 28th of uh, August, it's the 57th anniversary, as Eddie mentioned, the March on Washington. We will be having a program. And of course, we're going to have you speak if you're available that day. And it's all going to be live streamed. Uh, but the, the focus, the emphasis, again, is on equality, social justice. The sad part is we're talking 57 years ago King presented this. And where we are today, come on, come on. Jesse, my question to you would be, what can we do to support 1776 with the upcoming legislative session? Well, that's an, e that's an easy one. Um, uh, number one, I should uh, say as a footnote that the rules in Washington State require that once an initiative has run its course, the number is retired. So 1776 has been retired. We are awaiting our new number from the Secretary of State, and we expect to have that number to, to announce publicly uh, within the next week. And so in the meantime, we are referring to it as the underlying title, Washington Anti-Discrimination Act. And in terms of support, we want people, number one, to, to show up, to sign up, in other words, sign their name to the initiative, and then to uh, donate. Uh, obviously, we cannot run statewide campaigns for free. And so, and freedom is, has never been free. And so to get our freedom from I-200, we need everybody to contribute. If you can't contribute financially because of COVID-19, we understand that. You can contribute your time. And so uh, our goal is to uh, win, as we did with I-1000, in terms of the signatures, put it before the legislature. And at that point, uh, we hope that we will be uh, celebrating a new law, a just law, for uh, equality for everyone in Washington State probably within a year. So I guess my question on that note, now is there anything that we can present to our state representatives that can, that can help move the process along a little swifter? Well, one thing, uh, all of those state representatives in the House and half of them in the state Senate 
are coming to us for our for the, for our vote, for our endorsement. We need to ask them where were they if they are incumbents, where were they on I-1000? Did they vote yes or no? If they voted yes, chances are that says that uh, we should we should support their reelection. If they are not incumbents and are running anew, where do they stand now on the Washington Anti-Discrimination Act? Uh, we should be not giving away our votes to anyone. Uh, we should be making sure that we are holding those elected officials and those candidates accountable for voting for us once they're in office. So is that a survey question that's being presented to them right now that the people can get the uh, outcome? Well, I can only speak for one organization, and that's the uh, 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 Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion. They are holding their endorsement process, and the number one answer, I mean, the number one question they are putting to every incumbent is where did they stand on I-1000? And the number one question they're putting to new candidates is where do they stand on WADA, the Washington Anti-Discrimination Act? And I'm sure that DDI, Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion, would be happy to make that questionnaire available to other organizations who want to use the same model. You know, on that, I'm going to give, give a shout out to Clarence Gunn. Go on, Clarence. I know you're listening to the show. Excellent job at DDI, Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion. Everybody should consider joining. So now, again, just with the upcoming session, what should we, just a common citizen, be doing? Should we call our representatives? What should we do? Well, first of all, elect only those who stand with us on issues that help um, um, further uh, and, and advance our community, certainly uh, eliminating the racist and sexist law that is the underpinnings of all other laws and policies in Washington State, I-200, takes us a quantum leap forward in that result. But also, after they are elected, to join us. We will be going to Olympia. We will be caravanning to Olympia. We may even do as we did last year and march to Olympia to make sure that the legislature does the right thing uh, in terms of passing the Washington Anti-Discrimination Act. And so it's, it's one, two, three. Sign the Washington Anti-Discrimination Act. Uh, vote for legislators that support the Washington Anti-Discrimination Act and then hold them accountable by going to Olympia and uh, making sure that they keep their promise and vote the Washington Anti-Discrimination Act into law. You know, Representative Weinbeer, I know a lot of the people, some of the listenership might not know who you are, but they, they truly need to understand that you've been pushing this legislation over 30 years now, am I correct? How long ago were you in the state legislature? Well, the I-200 uh, just been in effect for 22 years. Oh, see, and Jesse was before that. <laughs> well, uh, there, okay. There is hey, no, hey, guys, um, we hey, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wind up. Uh, 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 I've been advised we're running down less than a minute, but Jesse, we will have you back on because we need to, this is a very important issue for our folks, and they need to know everything they need to do to gain equality, and uh, with. Uh, this technology now, we can get information out. We don't have to sh show up at the meeting place. We can be uh, proactive and get the stuff out so that people can respond. And hopefully uh, uh, there will be a vote by mail so people don't die. So thanks very much, Jesse. Hey, would I be in touch with you? Thank you, brother.